That was my answer to the question, do we need masks on? <laughs> Were we live for that? There we go. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're a believer. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you're vaccinated. I am vaccinated. I've got antibodies. I'm getting vaccinated next Wednesday, actually. That's right. You've had it, and you're also getting a vaccination now. So um, we'll see. I'll give you a test. Wow. That's good. That's good. Um, well, it's great to be back. Um, yeah. Uh, once you ask me where I was. Yeah. Yeah, tell us... Tell us what Josh was in your seat last week, and you were. That's not a good way to phrase no. that. I just, I was <laughs> just like, how about just? <laughs> no, tell us where you went last week. Okay, it was, uh, I went yeah. to the mountains with a friend of mine, and um, he's uh, been a friend for a long time. Shout out to Scotty Paca. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we did a lot of hiking. Um, four days of hiking, and we did some mountain biking. And um, how was the weather? Weather was at night. It went down to twenty eight. Highs of maybe 47. In April. In April, yeah. So it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Had a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the... uh, (laughs) Remember that time we went mountain biking? We took a bunch of friends up there. I was laughing about that. Yeah, we were were joking. There's There's two people that I don't... When they say, let's go on a trip, and it's a man trip, and mm-hmm. we're going to go do some activity, whenever they say it's going to be a certain amount of difficult, yeah, don't listen. Right. You and John Fortney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be. It's not going to be that hard, guys. It's going to go up some. <laughs> All I remember is, oh man, I, yeah. I, I remember hearing, hearing our one friend. We won't mention yeah, his no, name. Mention throwing him. up within yeah. the first mile after we hit a tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness yeah. the doctor was oh, with yeah. him at the yeah. time. Oh, thank goodness. Thank yeah, goodness. it was a good time. Yeah. We were up in Nantahala. Yeah. Uh, Nantahala Village. If any of you folks have been there, it was, yeah. it was a great place to mountain bike. Yeah. And uh, we had a good time with that last year. <laughs> um, that was fun. You know, I think a lot of people, I know yesterday was a very significant day for the United States uh, mm-hmm. judicial system and uh, or justice system. And I, I, uh, but it was another day, you know, kind of on a different note. Uh, most people don't know. What day it was? I yeah. mean, April twentieth. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you guys know what the significance of April twentieth was? Um, Brian, do you know what the significance of April twentieth was? Uh, it's uh, two thirds of the way through April. Oh, two K. No. He's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know my dad was back. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell everybody what it was? Well, four twenty. I still don't know where the. I don't know where four twenty comes significant. from. No, I don't either. Is that a time when you would do something like no, that? No, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what for twenty. Devin Timmer here. Oh, uh, well, they're walking through our stage. <laughs> walking through our stage. I wish we had a band. You know, dun 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 dun. dun. There they are. They're walking in. Speaking of four twenty, <laughs> what was four twenty? Yesterday was National Marijuana Day. Yeah. Yes, and there's Tim and Deb, and, and they're in my age group, so maybe they'd be willing to tell all America. Deb and Tim. So tell we want to we want to know how you celebrated. Matter of fact. Wasn't it Miss Liz that brought some brownies one uh, day here? Oh, yeah. yeah she did. Yeah, that may be yeah. how she celebrated it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was Weed Day. And one of the things that come out of Weed Day is, do you remember Steve Urkel? Yeah. Uh, what's his name in real life? Uh, I think it's uh, Jaleel White. Jaleel White. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he actually, he, he has his own brand of weed. And it's called Purple Urkel. Yeah, Purple Urkel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
I'd be hey. honest. I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't mind giving that a shot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Boy, that would be an interesting trip. A little, <laughs> let's go through Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. No, but that that is uh, that is an interesting. Um, also, uh, I came upon an article. It's a very serious article. Uh, People in the UK are sharing things that they want Americans to stop doing when they're there mm-hmm. in the UK. Yeah. And uh, I got a couple here that uh, they want. Um, so you're visiting the UK. If you're an American, mm-hmm. do not do these things. Do, yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, calling somebody thick uh, means something different in the UK. In uh-huh. the UK, it, it's slang for somebody that's of low intelligence. Oh. Yeah. But that's what it is in Boston, too. You know, were you thick, man? <laughs> Have you ever called somebody thick? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. You know, maybe they just don't like being called thick. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying hello to Londoners. You don't say hello to people in London. Apparently, people in London are miserable, and they don't want anybody saying hello to them. Anybody been to London? You been to travelers? Yeah, yeah. On uh, on Weed Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big Ben. Um. Mm, well, I'm going to skip that one. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are <laughs> some of these are are, are inappropriate. <laughs> Apparently, people in the U.S. need to tell Londoners. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Complaining about your food. Uh, one Londoner said, "Complaining about your food is rude. Being a Brit, I just accept whatever I get, and I remain quiet." Mm. That, that's interesting. Okay. Um, they think it's rude to refer to somebody as her or she if the person is standing there. That you're supposed to use, um, if it's a man, you call him. He? No. <laughs> governor. You call him Governor. Hello, governor. And, and mum. Hey, mum. Yeah. You know, me and Susan actually tried it for like a week. And so, uh, we, I, you should see ya. Yeah. She wakes up, she says, hi, governor. <laughs> and I'm like, good morning, mum. <laughs> but apparently they are terms of authority. Hmm. So when somebody's your boss, yeah. you would call them governor uh, or or mum, <laughs> depending on their gender. But that's interesting. I I've asked Susan to call me squire. I like being I like I like the idea of being a squire. Mm. Um, okay, just a little side yeah. note, little yeah. uh, <laughs> fantasy we play at the end of our house. <laughs> um, apparently, saying crap means exactly the same thing in London yeah. that it means here. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Um, holding. The door of the tube. Mm-hmm. You know how when you're in a subway, it's polite to hold the door when somebody's still trying to get in? Apparently in London, that's considered extremely rude and selfish. Another one is cheering during exciting parts of the movie at a theater. Uh, okay, you know who could really get in trouble with this? Is it if like uh, a new... A Star Wars movie came out and we were t- with Ted and Ted had a movie because I could see him screaming out, yeah. you know, he was his father, you know. So apparently they don't like that in the yeah. theater. Um, asking someone for a tour of their house. Yes. Um, talking loud. Um, chanting USA, USA. <laughs> I can't believe somebody would do that, but I, I love it. I love oh, yeah. it. Um, <laughs> calling someone sir. Apparently, in the UK, you only call somebody sir if they are your teacher. Oh. Uh, that's interesting. So it's governor for the rest of them. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> asking, how you doing? 
Apparently, uh, London people don't like that. And they don't really know how to answer that question. How you doing? <laughs> so I don't know what's so difficult about it. You know? Oh, what a fine hurt. Um, so there's a couple things. If you're planning your next trip over to London, mm-hmm. uh, that's a nice... I will tell you this before we go into the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, that if you are planning a trip, I have heard from reliable sources the place where you should go right now is a trip up uh, to Alaska. Mm. That all the cruise ships are shut down going to Alaska. And all those little towns that the cruise ships stop at are desperate for people to go. So right now you can get bargains on bed and breakfast up that uh, Vancouver coast and mm-hmm. right up there. To, so, you know, hey. you may take the kids. Oh, yeah. You know, sounds like a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't call anybody governor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Ricky, why don't you uh, take us... Um, and then we'll uh, uh, get into the word tonight. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for fun. Thank you for everyone gathered here tonight. We um, we pray that you'll bless our conversation. We pray that you, we pray that as we go through this uh, second part of Lover, that we'll you'll just open our eyes, um, that they'll be and our our hearts will be enlightened um, to what you've allowed us to be a part of, and how much you love us, and how much you care for us, and what we're supposed to do with that in turn. Thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So not being here last week and having the opportunity to listen to you online. Right. Yeah. But I didn't take it. (laughs) (laughs) I was mountain biking. Come on, you know. Come on. That's right. Right. That was it. That was it. Of course. Uh, What was some of your takeaways for uh, as we step Uh, into Josh and I talked about a lot of things. Um, You know, Ninjago mainly, but no, we talked about courageous love. Mm hmm. Um, it's a relentless love. It's it's a love that pushes through fear, a yeah. love that pushes through mistrust, shame, anger. Oh, okay. Can I just stop yeah. you right there? That's a tough one. Yeah, we talked about that. Because one, that's mine. To decide to love in the midst of anger mm-hmm. is really difficult. Oh yeah. You have you ever had like three, four days in a row where you're just angry and you're not even sure why? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got some biblical maybe concepts. I mean, I'm, I'm learning more about uh, that we're not alone on this planet. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just a psychological mapping or not even a result of uh, social interaction, but that there can be some inducements that are in the spiritual realm to be angry. And I just went through three days of just being, I was just angry. And I had to grab a hold of myself and just say, listen, you have no reason to be angry. What you're you're feeling is a lie. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't care if it's chemically induced that doesn't excuse it. I don't care if it was socially induced. That doesn't excuse it. I don't care if it's spiritually induced by a demonic or spirit of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and to decide that I am going to be courageous, uh, courageous in love, that's that. That was hard for me. Mm-hmm. And but I had to make a decision to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we failure and selfishness are the last kind of like oh, yeah. examples. Yeah. Failure. Those. Last, I mean, failure and anger are like my. Boom, one of those two. Yeah. Um, we talked about, basically the scripture came from uh, Mark 12. Shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, for there's no other commandment greater than these. And that's what we kind of like put it, I think you phrased it as, is coiled answer on love. We learn interdependence of love elements in our life. Yeah. Right. And how, and how that kind of works, how they all kind of work together in that one scripture. 
Right, right. <clears throat> and you can't just decide, well, I'm good, me and God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't set up that equation where yeah. it's just you and Jesus and screw everybody in my past and mm-hmm. everybody around me. And so I just love the Lord. And uh, um, I, I think I, over the last 18 months, I've encountered more nastiness from people than ever. Now, I, I think I understand it, that we're all being squeezed like toothpaste from the wrong end of the of the tube and it's a giant mess. Has anybody else had the problem that when you go to brush your teeth, you put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and by the time it gets to his mouth, your mouth, it's sitting in the sink? <laughs> Am I not pushing the tube? Do you have that problem, Brian? Yeah, Brian Happen- has that problem. What are you doing? Yeah. Happened to me. I always wonder what, my dad or mom had that problem growing up, but I was coming to the sink and there'd be a toothpaste. Oh yeah. Thing. What is up with that? Hey, Brian, have you ever gone dipping for it after it happens, where you actually take your toothbrush and go down into the sink and scrape it off and put it back I, in your mouth? I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'll grab the toothpaste very gingerly with my finger so it doesn't break apart and put it back on the toothbrush, but I don't want to stick my toothbrush on the sink for some reason. Wow. Now, do, can Weird. we hear him? Yeah, can they hear him? Yeah, wow, he's, he's mic'd up? He's mic'd up, yeah. Well, I'm gone for one <laughs> week, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the, the video guy gets a mic. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, okay. So um, no, mine is my biggest toothpaste problem is, and Kelly will tell you, is that I squeeze from the middle. I don't, <laughs> I don't roll it up. What do you like seeing the imprints of your finger? Like, <laughs> let me Thor. <laughs> yeah, you know. We all got to find our ways to yeah. look strong. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, we're going to be talking about three sources for personal value, mm-hmm. and this is really important. Yeah. and it's going to be a little technical, so bear with it. But. Uh, uh, and we're going to go through these three things, and we're going to repeat through them a, a couple times. But this is going to be real. How we get value, or the sources that we choose to get value from, really determines a lot about how our lives go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about three sources. Um, intrinsic value, derived value, and contrived value. These are three different sources that people go to or for value in their lives. Mm -hmm. So let me break them down. And I don't want you to villainize one of these in the sense of like, oh, yeah, I only operate in one, but I don't operate in the other two. We're going to find out that we do shift through these. Yeah. But there is one that should stand out at the very core of who we are. First, intrinsic value refers to um, value belonging naturally or essentially to something. It is the very constitution of the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it has intrinsic value. Yeah, just by the very nature of what it is, it has intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Um, now, people would think, well, you got to be referring to gold. No, that, that's a contrived value, which is really interesting. Because we put that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, So we'll talk a little bit about some examples of these. Then there is derived value. So you have intrinsic value belonging to the nature of the thing. Then derived value is obtained, um, obtained something, uh, value from something else, a specified source. Mm-hmm. You derive your value from that source. Uh, based upon a logical extension of that source, because that source has the power to give you value, you have derived value from that source. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe some of these are starting to perk in your mind on which uh, kind of value system we should have in certain parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. 
Then the third we're going to talk about is contrived value. That is deliberately created rather than arising naturally or spontaneously from the source. Mm-hmm. Okay? That means we, we it, it has a sense of artificiality about it, that it's an, an artificial value. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't have value. It just means that the way that that source is an artificial source of value. Mm-hmm. Okay, and okay. we're going to look at how we use some of these things, because where we get our value from will will enable us to courageously love, because if we're really rooted in in our value system about ourselves and then the values of other human beings, we will know that some of the conflicts that we have that normally would throw us off our game, off our love, uh, courageous love game, um, we we might be able to stand a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll talk about this. So please do not think about any of them negatively. Um, but something that has intrinsic value doesn't rely on anything else to give it value. It stands alone without needing support. Uh, and there are a few examples of this. Uh, God would be one. Uh, God refers to himself as the Alpha and the Omega. And, and what that statement is doing is kind of squeezing out um, the idea that God needs um, anything else to make him mm-hmm. God. He needs our approval or our, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he is a, a, Brian, do you remember what they call that in philosophy? He, what kind of object does not need another object to uh, exist? An essential object? I, it runs on that way. Uh, it, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's, it's contingency. Contingent object. Yeah, he's a non-contingent being, uh, meaning that his existence is not contingent on the existence of something else's being. Mm -hmm. He is self-being. So he's a non-contingent being, whereas humans are contingent. Um, So when God refers to himself as the Alpha and the Omega, or Christ refers to uh, the Trinity as the Alpha and the Omega, um, what we're being told is that there is nothing before behind it uh, God that he is relying on to give him value. Mm-hmm. Or uh, probably the best time we hear it in scriptures when he refers to as himself as the I am, or, or I am that I am. Um, and it's interesting that God, we would normally say, well, so tell me something about you. Well, I am a pastor. I am a musician. I am a football player you would begin to add things behind your definition of what you are um, because those begin to define value to you. You begin to you pull meaning from those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas God, when, when Moses asked God, he says, like, when I go into Egypt and I tell the people that you're here to set them free, who do I tell them you are? Tell me. And, yeah. and, and a lot of times we will associate with our name some sort of value to it. And God says, you tell them that I am sent you. And it's, so it's the idea that there is no contingency to God. He, there is nothing um, that he, else that has to be said about mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. in order for him to be who he is. Uh, I, I, this may break your heart. But it does not give value when God hears us singing on Sunday morning. You know, I know, I know. It's like, because um, I, I think sometimes we think that what kind of egotist uh, would, would need worship? Mm-hmm. God doesn't need worship. 
we're just affirming uh, the revelation that God has given us of who he is. That's all we are. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really worship is us just admitting we're paying attention to who you are mm -hmm. and we're singing it back to you. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, we, we get it, who you are. But God doesn't walk out of there going, wow, you know, Ricky and the team, they really made me feel good about myself. You know, I, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, and people will do that, that, that idea that that worshiping God makes God feel better about himself. And and that that doesn't at all. Um, God doesn't introduce himself. Uh, I would say in the sense he does present himself as what he can give to us, but he's not presenting himself it as a necessity mm -hmm. about himself mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so when he mm -hmm. says he is uh, uh when we're told uh, jehovah rapha uh, or uh jehovah jireh god is my provider it's more from the perspective of us looking at god and making an affirmation about what god does into our lives as opposed to um uh, ascribing some value to god and that we just plugged in some some Legos to make God bigger. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's really more of an affirmation of our discovery of what he is as opposed to his own declaration of himself. So, um, and, and, you know, and, and that's... Here's, here's another thing that is... In, has intrinsic value. Justice. I mean, just think about the concept of justice. We know... When we've been done wrong, you don't. Nobody has to tell you when you've been done wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think God's giving the Ten Commandments because society, up to the point of Moses, hasn't figured out some sort of legal system or that stealing hurts or cheating on your spouse or something. I I think it's rather God's affirmation of those principles. But justice is a concept that has intrinsic value. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's you know we can go down a rabbit hole with that. Mm -hmm. um, most people fall into the trap of thinking that we must have intrinsic value. Now, I have heard theologians argue over this one, and philosophers that humans have intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. um, humans, uh, humanism would say that we are intrinsically good uh, by nature, but there's no proof of that. There's no proof. Um, Humanism is really a contrived value. We have determined that, that when we observe ourselves that we are better than all the other mammals on the planet and therefore, mm -hmm. uh, and that we determine what is good and what is evil and therefore we determine that we are basically good. And mm -hmm. we'll make that sort of intrinsic statement about other people. Well, people are basically good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, where'd you get that information from? Um, I think the last 18 months shows that... Um, People, humans are intrinsically desperate. At least that's what I've experienced mm -hmm. in, in my life. Yeah. But, but humanism would say that we are intrinsically good and that we have intrinsic value. Again, I don't want, I don't want to go too far with that. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times we will spend our lives trying to prove to other people that we have intrinsic value and we'll, through performance. And we'll try to show that, hey, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. See, you know, I'm a good athlete. I'm, a, I'm good at music. I'm good at this or whatever it is. And I'll try to show that I have intrinsic value. Um, that's why 
I, I think, um, well, I don't want to get too far ahead here. Is, did I jump ahead on this one? Um, no, under intrinsic value. Um, is that's why we're having pronoun wars right now, is we're trying to get other people to affirm our self-definition. And if you don't affirm my self-definition, and I have a right to define my own pronoun, mm-hmm. okay, because I am intrinsically in charge, I am intrinsically good, and I can't... And, and it's my truth. And it's, yes. Yeah. And you must call me by my truth, and if not, it's a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you can see now why the pronoun thing is such a, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, something that has derived value is is given its value from something else. Uh, we live a lot in this. Uh, it requires someone or something else to vouch for the value of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big issue for us is what we seek or allow to give us value, uh, what we derive our value from. And I believe that the humans were created with derived value. We don't have intrinsic value. Um, I would the creation story would go a little different. It would be like God created the heavens and the earth and God created all the earth. And then, and then we, in order to have intrinsic value, uh, humans would have had to just pop up on their own and God would have had to come and say, wow, that's, that thing is really good. Um, and it's like, wow, it's so good. I, you know, I want to be connected to it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather that's not how the creation story goes. We find out man is a contingent being and so its value is derived from God. And in the creation story, we, it, it's, we're going to see in a second how we do get value from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leading contributors that we seek from in this area of derived value is God, culture, family, uh, friends. And this can be good and it can be bad at the same time. It really comes down to where we go to get our value our derived value. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you an instance. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, I got a pair of cleats here. Now here's some, these cleats are valuable to me. Um, uh, but I want you to see how the value of these cleats will change based upon the relational connection of these cleats to me. That it has something to do with this relationship that I have with these cleats that you may not have with these cleats. Uh, for instance, so they're cleats. Um, some of you here may not value cleats. So right now, these, these cleats, they're used, by the way. So that might have just altered your value of them. Um, they, are, um, they are the wrong size. I mean, they may be the wrong size. These are size 14s. Are you a 14? No. No. Okay. So no. these are these are size fourteens, and so maybe because they're not the right size, you have to determine they have less value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, your relationship connection with these things is determining value here. Um, maybe you're not interested because these are football cleats. You'd be more interested if they were golf cleats. Do golfers wear cleats? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that. So spikes. Uh, Spikes. Oh. Thanks, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, so, <laughs> so, um, okay, but then all of a sudden, if I told you that these were professional football players' cleats, 
all of a sudden they begin to have a little bit of value because now the relationship of these cleats is something different. Now, if I told you that these cleats were specifically worn by a member of the New England Patriots, some of you would immediately devalue these, while I personally, because of my relationship to it, would now raise the value, like something I would get on eBay or I would buy these. Now, if I told you that these cleats were from somebody that wore these cleats while beating the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. Have a good night, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> See, all of a sudden, these are the cleats this gentleman wore in the Super Bowl. Okay? Um, and then, if I told you that they were autographed uh, by um, Jarvis Green, <laughs> he was a lineman, okay? <laughs> I value all. I, I value all, okay? <laughs> Sorry, he's not a specialty uh, player. <laughs> but not Brady's cleats. <laughs> they're, they're not uh, Brady's cleats. Some of you are, well, if they were Brady's cleats, I'm, I would have been knocked out. <laughs> Okay, seriously, people would have knocked me out. These would be millions of dollars. You would have had to go to Mexico to retrieve That's right. them. No, for you know, sure, yeah. um, there's a story behind that because of uh, Brady's jersey. But see, as I increased the relational context, value changed. Um, the value of your children is different for me. Yes, I respect them and value them. I value them because they're your children. They're, mm. they're humans. But there's a boundary there that as far as I would go. Yeah. Um, but how I value my children, how I value my grandchildren, it, it's different. It's, so it's got something, it's derived from the relationship. And we're going to find that as Christians, that we, the, the more we understand this relationship that we have with God, all of a sudden the cleats become more and more valuable. Okay? Um, and when you're right down to the point when for God so loved his loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, that's the signature on the side of the cleat. And it's like, wow, mm. this is creating value, but it is derived value. I am, uh, God did not die. Christ did not die for me because I'm worth it. You'll hear that misstated in uh, progressive circles of Christianity, that Christ died for me because I'm worth it. No, because Christ died for me, I have worth. Um, it's a huge distinction. Oh, yeah. a, a big distinction. Mm -hmm. um, so that is an example of, of derived value uh, that we have. Something that has contrived value is, is just made up, and it's not really valuable. Here's something that's artificial. Um, if I would say I would like myself better if I lost 10 pounds or I would probably be, um, if I could run a seven minute mile again, I would be a real man. Hmm. Yeah. If I, if I weighed, if I could just weigh 175 pounds again, you know, hmm. I'd really feel good about myself. See, that's just contrived there. It's totally artificial. Hmm. You know, if I got my doctorate. You know, I battled for years about my three different attempts at going to college. 
yeah. and uh, my three different failures <laughs> about it and constantly wrestled with my sense of value because I didn't, wasn't able to finish that process. Mm -hmm. uh, that brings us back to April 20th. It yeah. was April 20th <laughs> every day. Every day. Okay? Yes. Yeah, was that like five o'clock somewhere? It's um, April 20th every day. So, I mean, so I'm not, it's just a number that I make up. Or, or maybe it's a, a number that society makes up. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the terrible things about social media on young people is that, uh, Brian, we just heard somebody talk about that, didn't we? Didn't we hear uh, Pippin talk about uh, uh, the effects of social media on youth? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't remember her referred. Uh, it was impactful. Doctor that she. Yeah, that she quoted. Yeah, she quoted. Yeah, but, but it was. Um, but the idea was that you go to TikTok, you go to, uh, uh, what's, what's the other ones? Instagram? Yeah. And Facebook. Um, what's, my, what's the other ones? Facebook. Facebook. Oh, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. MySpace and some of the others. <laughs> Slapchat. Slapchat. Slapface. <laughs> MyChat. They begin to tell you um, what, what a marriage is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, that's... Do you remember when... Twilight was a big thing. Mm -hmm. And do you remember how it particularly grabbed young women? And because it created this concept of relationship between men and women that was almost um, like mystical and animalistic at the same time. Yeah. And it was like, if you didn't feel that sense of, and I don't know who was the lead character in that uh uh, Ed, um, Edward, yeah, uh, Edward, yeah. and and the girl, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, her. Did anybody remember the girl's name? In in boy, wow. I remember the I remember the werewolf guy too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shirtless all the time. The shirtless, yeah. yeah. And and I I remember during that time that there were a lot of young married couples that were having trouble because that concept of almost animalistic or fifty two shades of gray. That was another one. Do you know that's like one of the... 52. Is it they added two colors. <laughs> two more shades. I thought it was a shade one per one week, every week for a year. Yeah. What were they doing the other two weeks? I don't know. <laughs> Healing. Healing. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, and I remember what it did was create this weird sense contrived value of what maybe a sexual relationship what a marriage relationship mm -hmm. and we were seeing marriages fall apart left and right because this contrived value of what marriage was supposed to be like it, it was mm -hmm. just all made up mm -hmm. um again i think we're back to possibly and i say this with with utter compassion that um gender i mean it's like no i want to be called this even though i know i'm not this I'm going to contrive this pronoun and because it gives me value and I want you to you know, be in this contriving moment with me. And if you will not contrive with me, I'll sue you or bring criminal actions against mm -hmm. you. Isn't that sad? You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's something that is bought from Pottery Bond instead of Walmart. I don't know... Um, is he doing the Target Walmart thing, Pottery Barn? Walmart? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and, and Susan's, she's uh, she's a good chap. No, uh, uh, she's <laughs> good, good mum. Mum, she's good mum. <laughs> um, but don't you sometimes get pressure as a homeowner or a decorator? Yeah, the, the, the IKEA versus IKEA is what you do when you're younger, right? And uh, 
But now that you're older, it's Pottery right. Barn. Potter, or no. CB2. Or, or uh, William uh, Sonoma. William Sonoma. We got yeah. a William Sonoma crowd here. No, oh, William yeah, Sonoma. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you get those pans and what is oh, the yeah. pans to have to cook with? Because I don't cook. <laughs> Anybody want to call out a pan name? Uh, Paul Revere. Revereware. That's why. If you want to knock somebody out, Revereware is the way to go. Um, uh, how about you, Brian? What Calphanon or Calphon? <laughs> Calphonon's Calphon? they're, they're like middle. They're middle, like middle, 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 yeah. middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Bougie. Like, Bougie. <laughs> Bougie. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it, it, it? She's looking at us like she has no understanding what <laughs> she shops at Walmart. <laughs> Dollar General. Girl. Girl here. <laughs> hey, the DG. Hey, no, seriously. But I we really at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Walmart. I particularly remember it as a teenager, not wearing certain kinds oh, of jeans. Yeah, yeah. What was the big thing? Like your kicks. What, what oh yeah. What if you be? got like uh, I remember K Swiss? Oh they had remember those shoes that used to light up? LA Gears? They used to light yeah. up. Yeah. Well the knockoff from Walmart was Voigt's. Okay. I don't know if they're named after John Voigt. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they were. Yeah. But I don't, but that was the knockoff. And if you didn't have, if you had Voigt's, not LA Gears. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Nikes, Air Jordans, and things oh, yeah. like that. Those weren't even in the. We couldn't afford those. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the point is, is that we um, we just make it up, and we it's a contrived value, and that's why it's so important. To figure out where you're getting your personal value from. Because if you're getting it from a contrived source, like even as a pastor. Oh, yeah. You know, that's why for like 10 years in a row, I didn't go to a church growth conference. Because it, they always made me feel like if I didn't break a thousand, I wasn't a successful p a pastor. Um, that if you're a successful pastor, you'll be up on the platform telling all the other pastors how to do it. And, and um, that you have to do, in order to have a, a church growth, you've got to have uh, the bouncy castle, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And, and all this stuff, this, I mean, so even in ministry, we contrive some value mm -hmm. um, things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us fell for them for a while in our lives. Um, we dangerously assign values and that's why it's best to start with God. Uh, to assert that God is the creator of the universe is to set forth a foundation and a standard for, for uh, value. So we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. To believe in God or not to believe in God doesn't just answer the question scientifically or cosmologically. It is actually determining where value will stream from from that point on. That's a big deal. We're not just picking our deity system. We're picking our value system mm -hmm. because then we've got to figure out where we get our value from. And if there is no God, then we derive our value from uh, the monkeys mm -hmm. or whatever came before us. Mm -hmm. So God has intrinsic value, uncreated and non-contingent. He creates out of his value uh, we are his creation, so this is where we begin to see that we have value. Then God takes a step further, and God created us in his image. We are something that has been created out of intrinsic value. So this is why you sometimes will feel like you have intrinsic value, but mm -hmm. you really have derived value. Mm -hmm. You know, um, And this is going to sound crazy, and I don't want anybody to write me off on this but it's just a thought. You know how we have this need to think that every one of us is special 
and that every one of us is like a snowflake and that we strive to find you uh, specialness in our uniqueness. Mm -hmm. I don't think that really is the case. Um, I, yes, we are unique to a degree. I think our inner feelings of uniqueness are the echo of the divine spark. There is only one unique creature and I can't even call him a creature because that would imply that he's an effect mm -hmm. and that he would have had to have a cause. So there's only one being that has genuine uniqueness. I think the image of God in mankind, that part that God breathed into us, his intrinsic value, gives us a, an overwhelming sense or desire for uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And it's really the echo of the alpha and the omega inside of us. Mm -hmm. I don't think deer are running around in the woods going, I'm unique, I'm you, I'm like a snowflake, yeah. I'm like a snowflake, <laughs> you know? Um, and and we, we strive so hard to be different than other people so we can find our uniqueness so that we can feel valuable. Mm -hmm. um, as a middle child in a family, I always strove to find uniqueness so that I could find value among, I was just one of many mm -hmm. and kind of in the middle of all of it. Whereas I think that sense of uniqueness that I feel is, is from the intrinsic value of God himself that I derive value from. Mm -hmm. It is the echo of the divine. Yeah. I mean, why do humans feel that dying is not really the right thing? Why, why do we dislike dying? Do we think that the other creatures um, are anxious about their death? Do they, do they assign injustice with death? Mm -hmm. uh, or do they evaluate, well, I've lived a good life as an owl, and, you know, it's my time has come. And I, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think they do that. Yeah. Your dog, Pepper's not at home when you fuss at her, waiting sad all day until you get back home. Right, right. I can't, I have to there's some, apologize to him. There's something about us that knows that we're supposed to live on. There's supposed to be more to life. Mm -hmm. Is that because we're human or is it because we derive our value from the one who lives on, mm -hmm. the I am? I think it's that, mm -hmm. you know? So the spark of David saying, you knit me in my mother's room, is that yeah. breath of the intrinsic value of God in him? That's right. That's right. Not the uniqueness. That, that humans are, like each individualist yeah. have to. You know, the hairs on my head. Yeah. Yeah. That, I hear yeah, that one a lot too. Otherwise, you, you, this pursuit of uniqueness becomes so, um, I, I think it heads into a dangerous place. I don't have to be unique. I, I have the breath of the one who is eternally unique mm -hmm. in me. Yeah. I can rest in that. Yeah. You know? And that divine spark is in a guy with freckles. Yeah. You know? And, and arthritis. Yeah. And, you know, has a wife and three wonderful kids and grandchildren and all this other stuff. It's like, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, like, well, I didn't leave my mark in the world. I don't have to leave a legacy in the world. How about that? Mm -hmm. I think legacy, the pursuit of human legacy, is the pursuit of trying to sustain <laughs> the intrinsic value of a person. Yeah. <laughs> My legacy is in Christ. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I am that's why it says I am hidden in him. So mm -hmm. you can see how once you begin to see derived value, it strikes at humanism left and right. And you begin to see it once once you see intrinsic value from God or derived value from God, you begin to say, "Whoa, how much of this 
humanistic viewpoint of humanity is really, yeah, you know, in me. Um, it, it's food for thought, and I'm trying to get some argument from somebody on it. Uh, but um, if God is creator, then he determines what value is and also what we're to value. He determines what is valuable. And the great thing is, is he considers us valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, God created is not a statement of process. It is a declaration of value. You see, um, once you determine God created, I don't give a flip how he did it. I don't care if the, the universe is 8 billion years old. I don't care if we rose up out of some primordial soup and, and spent half our time swinging from trees and then we came up to this other point. But the moment God breathed into whatever it was, whether it's dust, dust, or or biological dust or whatever it is it doesn't matter to me the process the fact that god intended me to live and breathe his breath into me that's that's the moment of value Mm -hmm. Um, if it's our biological distinction then we have no intrinsic no derived value from god Mm -hmm. because god does not have biological distinction but what we're trying to do is to win the argument over biological distinction. Though I do believe we have biological distinction. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the argument for value is won. It's the fact that God said, let us make man in our image. Ah. It, it's not like you get value how I made you. No. It's the fact that I intended to make you in my image. That's where the value comes from. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't let somebody sidetrack you in the evolution argument because um, that's, that's not where, where the heart of the issue is. Process is not, is not the argument. What mm-hmm. God uh, creates the story is not a declaration of methodology. It's a declaration of value. Mm-hmm. That's why every day ends with God saying what? Yeah, it was good. It is good, yeah. yeah. You know? He doesn't say, that's how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about them? Yeah. Apples, you know? Yeah. And interestingly, a lot of the time he says it's not good is when man's alone. Yeah, yeah. And so that's uh yeah. And I appreciate that I do. modification that's what I mean. that I he made. Yes, that. I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank Whoa, you, Lauren. Man. Yes. Yeah. Um I don't care how God did it, and I know some of you out there may be a little worried about that. I'm not saying we don't have an argument or a conversation about it. You're just saying um, it's not the point. It it's over yeah. I mean if you win that argument and don't communicate value uh, then you've lost the argument Mm -hmm. Um, I extremely care that God did it I don't care how he did it Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know yeah Um, so uh, just I I know we're 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 doing a lot of pontificating here or I'm kind of running my mouth a lot and some of it's philosophical but let's just do me a favor read out Genesis 126 because I maybe somebody out there needs to hear the intentionality of God. Mm-hmm. And I also want you to hear how little process is mentioned in this. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that God does it, he's not telling us how he's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, 
and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Wow. Okay. So it doesn't matter what my mild time is. It doesn't matter uh, if I weigh 175 pounds. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what culture uh, says about me. The fact that God created... I I was um, walking... No, I wasn't. Yes, I was. I was walking uh, the other day. And while I was walking, I came upon one of my neighbors. And she was walking a dog. And the dog was a rescue. Uh, And I remembered running into her a couple weeks earlier. And she introduced me to her dog. And her dog's name was Harry. But she said the dog's name was really Harrison. And, but she said, but nobody's going to call him Harrison, so I'm going to call, uh, everybody calls him Harry. So I remember when I saw her, and I, I, I made a point of going over to the dog. The fact that the dog was a rescue meant something to my heart. And I got down, I started patting the door, and I said, Harrison, are you having a good day today? And the woman was really kind of like um, delighted that I remembered the distinctive name of this dog. You see, because we have the ability to communicate value. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I talked to the dog as I spoke to the woman. I said, yes, Harrison, we, we can't wait for other people to give us value. We need to realize that we're valuable. And, um, and the woman said, wow, thank you very much for that. And, and so as we're walking, we both were doing two laps. And we had that awkward bump into the person the second time around. You know, you want to kind of like, you know, like when you see them in the store, you know, have you ever gone down a different aisle just to avoid seeing the same person? Go, oh, hey, it's you again. <laughs> um, no, so, so I came around the other, the, I have a hard time being a human being. I don't know about the rest of you. It is hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I came around the other time and, and I stopped her with her dog again. And I said, ma'am, um, I, I told you that you, you, got, you can't wait for other people to give you value and you got to realize who you are. I said, I was wrong. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. No, we need to realize that God has spoken value into us. And the sooner I recognize what God says about me, the better off I will be. And stop waiting to try to assert my own value or waiting for other people. And I said, now what I did for Harrison was I gave, I, I, I gave him value. You gave him value when you rescued him. But I gave him value. Be- the reason why I can give out value is because I'm an image bearer. I'm an imager of God. And that's what God does. God assigns value. And as his image bearer, my job is to assign value to things and to speak value into other people. Not that I give value to other humans. I affirm the value that was eternally spoken to mm. them. Mm. And mm-hmm. so, so I said, I'm sorry I was wrong the first time. We really get our value from God, and God has spoken it into us. And he's proven it through the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she was like, you know, well, that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because it, and that's exactly my point. It is even better. Yeah, you got your doctorate. That's good. I'm not going to say that's contrived. It's good to get a degree. Mm-hmm. If that's what you feel you need to do your job, then, mm-hmm. then get a degree. Uh, you, it's good to stay in shape and lose weight. If that's, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But your core value is derived from the, from the creation story. 
from what God says about us. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the most important thing to discover, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think once we figure that out, we will really be transformed. Um, I want to ask people out there just a couple things um, before we go. Um, this week, I would like you to answer some questions, if you would. Uh, it's kind of a challenge here. The first one would be this. Um, why is one person's opinion more important to you than others? Okay? Do you have somebody in your life that their opinion of you is more valuable? And why is that more valuable? Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some value. I mean, what your kid, what you say to your children and them trying to please you, that's a, that's a biblical value system. Mm -hmm. That's how God gives value is through the fatherhood, the motherhood, and through the husband and wife relationship and friendship and community. That's how mm -hmm. God conveys and reinforces uh, value. But is there one person's opinion that is too important to you? Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. okay, and, and um, that, that whatever they say rocks your boat. Or, even worse, um, is everybody's opinion of you equally important and too important? Man, I have gotten into some of the dumbest arguments with people that I should not have other than said, God, may God save you <laughs> i wouldn't say even god bless you because because that's no just may god save you but i would it's like well i gotta win this argument with them why why do you have why is why is this person who you didn't know five minutes ago worth winning an important uh, you know what i mean mm -hmm. so first i would like you to ask yourself if there's somebody out there who's important whose opinion of you is more than others and should it be okay um the second thing that I would like to ask, what goals have you failed to accomplish that were actually contrived and not real, but they are still a source of shame? Hmm. See, for me, college is it. Even to this day, I'll, I'll, I love uh, all the youth that Brian works with. They're awesome people. But as I see them get older and then I see them go into college and I'm like... <laughs> That schmuck went to college. That, that schmuck got they got a PhD. They got a PhD. Giving them things. I, yeah, I was like, I could have done that. <laughs> you know, I remember when he was burping into a balloon. You know, it's like, but you know what I mean. And, and it's like, but yeah. yeah, but why couldn't I have done it? And and or why didn't I do it? And even here, I'm 62 years old, and I can articulate pretty well, and I can handle my own in an argument. But I still feel like. Yeah, you just didn't finish college, though. Um, so let me ask you, what goals have you failed to accomplish that were actually contrived, but yet have become a source of shame? And is it time to let them go? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one is, number three is, do you hang your hat on a faulty hook? Do you get your source of value from someplace you should not be hanging your head or laying your hat? Or laying your eggs, lay, lay, <laughs> whatever the colloquialism. I would have known if I had finished college. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. Um, are you? What is that thing that makes you feel the most valuable in the room? 
Yeah. It is. Should you really be good about that? You know, I think one of the things for me was um, I, I had the opportunity by the Lord's incredible graces to be able to mountain bike this week. But you know what? I, you know what it meant? It meant that I went mountain biking with a friend and it meant that God was absolutely gracious to me. But it did not mean what it meant to me five years ago that for a man my age, I'm better than most. It didn't even come into my head, and it's still not in my head. But I used to hang my hat on the fact that I could do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that other guys my age couldn't do. And it's like, yep, okay, you may have a degree, and your church may have a thousand, but why don't we uh, go get the mountain bikes? And then let's see what, you know, I mean, I know it sounds oh, yeah. crazy, but we do it. I'm just too stupid. I just do it with mountain bikes. Other people do it with degrees and money. Yeah, you know, or like how number of houses, houses or the yeah. size of their boats. We all can fall into the trap. So, so ask yourself: Are you have you laid your value in an accomplishment or in a concept that re- you really shouldn't have your mm-hmm. value there? Mm-hmm. That it's time to rediscover the Genesis narrative. That Genesis is not how God made you. Genesis is who God created you to be. And where your value comes from. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts about that? And you know, yeah. I saw it's everything. I, so, yeah. last <laughs> thing I'd, I'd want you to do, or anybody to do, is to walk away. So, okay, um, I I shouldn't do contrived value. No, um, I just, you know Stacy McLean. Today's her birthday. Shout out to mm-hmm. her. Um, uh, but the the uh, she'll be all about doing a half marathon. And she wants to break certain time. Now, she makes up whatever that time is. Mm-hmm. I think it's just amazing that she can run a half marathon. But she'll be like, well, it wasn't good. I didn't do a good job because I didn't break eight minutes a mile or whatever it was. But is it okay to have those kinds of contrived values? Or uh, my truck, you know, here's a contrived value that I know is like, I think my 4 by 4 can go through more mud than most anybody else's 4 by 4 okay? Yeah. Just because, you know, it's got a V8 and it's just, Very it's a beast master. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of people here that they don't, I, see, he doesn't look like he cares, does he? You know, he, no. he knows that that's all in Paul's head. Well, here's the good thing. Paul knows that that's just in my head. It's just a toy. Mm-hmm. It's just contrived. Yeah. The problem is, is when I was 30, it was not contrived. It was my life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying there isn't, you know, to win the fantasy football league is is a contrived value. Yeah, and I have a lot of experience doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but you wouldn't hang your hat on it. No, no, no of exactly. Course not. No, no, it's important to realize where you get your value from, and if you're getting your value from yourself, that's going to be a hard journey. Mm-hmm. As your bones begin to weaken, as arthritis begins to set in, as your hair begins to fall out, as your eyes begin to go, as your you know paycheck begins to diminish. Um, you begin to find out, I hope I got something else going on inside of me other than uh, this thing mm-hmm. I called intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. And for all of us who call ourselves, I love it because the more and more, remember how I told you this, and we'll, I'll end with this, but do you know how the more I told you about the cleats, all of a sudden these cleats made sense a little bit more? Maybe you don't want them, but you understand why they're valuable to me? The gospel, and right up to the cross, 
and the resurrection are all things to say, do you feel valuable yet? You feel valuable yet? You feel valuable yet? You feel valuable yet? I'll put the same spirit that rose Christ from dead in you. You know, the, the, the mystery of all the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is it? It's like, now you've been signed. And it's like, you feel valuable yet? Mm -hmm. Or are you still going to try to work it out yourself by being a good person? Mm -hmm. You know, talk about your contrived value. That's why I love what the scripture says, that all of our, all of our um, good deeds are like uh, filthy rags. Yeah. There's none righteous, no, not one. And God's not like, humanity, you're awesome, you know? God's <laughs> like, hey, listen, I need to, I need to tell you what, what humanity is apart from me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, th I think it's good. So any comments from the, uh, from the uh, gallery out there? Uh, Brian, a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, <laughs> Nothing... Uh Nothing too in particular tonight. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Right. It's good. So we said there was only two people out there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jarvis Green was watching. Uh, <laughs> yes. And Those are my cleats. He's like, that guy doesn't even know what position I played. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, you have value to me. <laughs> value to me. <laughs> okay. Why don't you close this yeah. in prayer? Uh, Father, we just thank you for who you call us. We thank you for who you have said we are. And God, I just pray that the, uh, you know, that the song, it's like, is in my head right now, but uh, you would almost um, open our eyes to see that more, that there would be, that we'd understand the height, the depth, the breadth that surpasses, um, that you've given to us, that you've lavished on us so richly, and that through the power of your spirit, we could be, come to realize who we are in you, that we are, uh, we are chosen, we are loved, we are, uh, we're not forsaken, we are uh, your children. And God, I just, I ask for all of us, everyone watching, everyone here, us sitting at this table, that we would understand the, the value that we have because, because you created. And that, um, that says everything to us. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, the sooner we come to that realization, I've always hated what Jesus said that he would say when we enter into heaven, you enter into your rest, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I want to be great. But as soon as you come to rest in the greatness of God that is in us, then we can be satisfied with being good and faithful. Mm -hmm. And that that's an incredible thing to be said about us. Mm -hmm. So, mm. death quote. Death quote. All right. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Hang your hat on that, baby. <laughs>